Hey everybody, this is Brother Paxton. I'm coming to you today near Thompsonville, Michigan, and I want to talk to you for just a few minutes from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 24th chapter. And of course, you realize that's the signs of the times that Jesus spoke about so many times uh, to his disciples. There's some in Luke 21 records it, the book of Mark records it. But we're going to go to Matthew 24, and there's a particular reason why. Uh, not too long ago, the year was 2005, the Lord gave me a dream that I've always referred to as the Matthew 24 dream. In fact, I taught uh, a telecast here at the time, around 20, 2007, 2008, on the Matthew 24 dream. And I want to revisit that subject again today. Um, let me first of all start by saying that what we've just been experiencing in our world, the coronavirus and, and earthquakes and all of these things, is not, uh, I repeat, we are not in the Great Tribulation. And I'm one who believes that Jesus promised us the rapture that would happen immediately before the Great Tribulation. Matthew 24 is kind of interesting. Today we're going to read the first 14 verses. And those first 14 verses are referred to by many as the pre-rapture signs. Now let me be clear, because there are no signs that have to be fulfilled before the rapture takes place. But we can know the season. And so these signs point to that season right before Jesus comes back to rapture his people and take us out of here. That doesn't mean either that we're not going to go through anything bad and that somehow God's just going to spare us of all the bad. That's not the purpose of the rapture. There are several purposes. That's not even one of them. Okay? And yet God loves us and he cares for us and he is going to spare us his wrath. That's one of the biggest reasons for the rapture of the church. Another reason is that God turns his attention back to Israel at that time for the seven-year Great Tribulation period. It's also called the time of Jacob's trouble. Okay, so we are waiting and the next event that's on the horizon of prophetic time is the rapture of the church. We believe that with all of our hearts. And this describes these first 14 verses, life in the world, right before the rapture takes place. And so Jesus went out, verse 1, and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, now Jesus talked to his disciples just like you and I would talk to a friend, a, a close friend, a loved friend, and he said, do you see all these buildings here? He said, Verily I say to you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And we know that that did happen in A.D. 70 when Titus sacked the temple in Jerusalem. And, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what will be the sign, notice it's singular, what will be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? A better translation there would be the end of the age because the world as we know it is never going to end. Uh, God remakes the world in the future. He, he refurbishes planet Earth. 
planet Earth has soaked in thousands of years of mankind's sin and abuse, and God's going to eradicate that once and for all and remake planet Earth, but it's never going to be destroyed. So when you're talking about end times and people start talking about, oh, this is the end of the world, the whole world's going to be destroyed, not really, not really. Uh, the end of time is the time of God's judgment, and it's, it, it's not going to totally obliterate planet Earth. The Lord will remake it, and those of us who belong to Jesus Christ will live on a perfect planet once again, hallelujah, for eternity future, and it'll be world without end, the scripture says. So he says, what shall be the end of the age? And Jesus answered, and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. So first of all, we see that at the last of the last days, in the very end times that you and I are living in right now, there will be many deceivers in the last of the last days. And we're living in that time right now. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. Now that, what that wording means there in the original Greek is, I belong to Christ or I am of Christ, Christ has sent me and told me to say these things, and of course that's not true, because they are deceivers. And the thing you have to understand about Satan, it's always been Satan versus Jesus. It's always been Christ versus Antichrist. The spirit of that has always been at war in our world. And so, Many people are going to come and they're going to say, I'm of the Lord. The Lord has given me this to say to you. Eat, drink, and be merry. And there will be thousands of years of prosperity. And you'll know that that's a lie. Because you can read these signs and you'll know that you're getting close. And you're in the time right before the coming of the Lord. Okay, so he says, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. There's going to be this war, and that war, and this war, and that war. Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. The end is not yet. Let's keep reading. It says here, You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines. Do you know that scientists are right now predicting the worst famine in years as a result of the coronavirus and other things that are taking place in the earth. Locusts that are attacking crops all throughout Africa and other parts of the world. There shall be famines. And there shall be pestilence. And there shall be earthquakes in divers places. Already this year, we've had several major earthquakes in the, in the world. We've also had this pestilence that's locked down countries of the world, a situation that we've never seen before in human history as entire nations and economies are being locked down from the coronavirus pestilence. This is a descriptor of the last days, the days just prior to Jesus coming back to rapture his church. And a lot of people want to debate that. And, and some folks are saying, well, I don't believe this is the end yet. Well, no, Jesus just said the end is not yet. No, this isn't the end yet. But we are in the season of his return. 
you realize that the, the coming of Christ in the rapture could actually take place years before the start of the Great Tribulation? There's not a scripture in the Bible that would discount that. Most people think the rapture takes place, boom, the tribulation starts right then. But some people are, st are starting to see in the scripture that there may be a gap of time. We don't know how long. Uh, on the low end, some people feel maybe about 75 days, and there's a reason for that. We don't have time to go through in this telecast. But the rapture takes place first, and it could be a while before the Great Tribulation takes, uh, begins, and it'll begin with the signing of a peace treaty with the nation of Israel. Okay, so these are the beginning of sorrows, the Lord said in Matthew 24, verse 8. These are the beginning of sorrows. That phrase means the beginning of the birth pains. So when you see that word beginning, what does that indicate to you? It indicates that there are more to come. And here's the thing about Matthew 24, these pre-rapture signs all the way from verse 1 to verse 14. Here's the thing about that. They take place, and as they do, and as it goes along more and more, they get more frequent, and they get more intense. Now we're getting close to what I believe from the Holy Spirit was the time that He showed me in my dream, okay? So let's keep reading a little further. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. He's talking to Israel, but in another sense, he's talking to the nation we know as the church. The grafted in ones. He's talking that there will be persecution against the gospel and it will start and it will increase and it will become more intense as we go through this period of signs right before the rapture. We're seeing that all over the world today. Uh, Christianity is the most persecuted religion in all of the world. There's not another religion. We have even made concessions for religion, religions of the world that have proven themselves to be violent, to have proven themselves to be religions of hate, and, and mankind has made concessions for them. But when you get up and you say Jesus Christ is the only truth and He's the only way, you are of all faiths most persecuted. And that's the way it's been since the beginning, but we're starting to see an increase of that persecution once again in our world right now. Who would have ever thought that Christians in America would start to be persecuted? The, the, the religion that founded this great nation, the religion that all of our historic documents are based upon, the Judeo-Christian concept and ethic. And now we're being persecuted even here in America. Now it's a lower degree of persecution than it would be, say, in China, but it's still persecution. So let's keep reading. So there's gonna be, a, there's gonna be wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, famines, earthquakes. These things will increase. They will become worse, both in um, worse in frequency and worse in intensity. And literally, we're seeing earthquakes in places right now that don't usually have earthquakes. That's prophesied, folks. That's part of this thing. 
all right? And then he says, you'll be persecuted. And here in verse 10, he gets into the church. And he says, many shall be offended. I'm going to tell you, this is going to happen. Pray it doesn't happen to you, but don't take it for granted that it couldn't. Many people who have been serving Jesus Christ will become offended at Jesus Christ as we get into the intensity of these signs and birth pains. They will get mad at God. They will become offended at Jesus as they have to deal with life in the new normal. Now, we're hearing that phrase a lot today, aren't we, with this coronavirus, the new normal? Well, get used to that word. Get used to America 2.0. Get used to a newness of restrictions and regulations and rules and different things that are going to come out. But don't let yourself be one of these offended ones. Have you noticed in the last few years how mad people seem to be, how angry and upset people seem to be, and how that you can say just the slightest little thing and they're offended and they're angry and they're reacting. Social media is really bad for that. You know, people who shouldn't even have opinions about some of this stuff, but they got to make sure their opinion gets out there, you know? And they're offensive and they're offended. That's prophesied, folks, and it's not going to get better, okay? Many shall be offended and shall betray one another. Do you realize, do you see, do you notice how people are pretty much just looking out for old number one these days? And if they have to step on you to get what they want, they'll do it. And it would be bad enough if that was just in the world, because it's always been, but it's also in the church, where the only thing that matters to people is their will. They don't give a hoot about God's will, but their will is what they're all about. And they, they will be, people will become offended, people will betray one another, and it says, shall hate one another. Again, so sad, this will even be in the church. People who, who have, are starting to fall away. There's a, there's a falling away predicted right before Christ returns. And when people start to fall away, they get bitter and they get angry. And God didn't give them just what they wanted just when they thought they should have it. And they turn their back on Jesus and they hate Christians and they fight. And all of these things that we see in our society today, it's going to increase and it's going to become more intense. And there'll come a day where you won't even know if you can trust your neighbor anymore. And you guys might have been friends for 25 years, but you don't know what's going on in the heart of that person. And so we're coming into times where there's no one left to trust. And as we get further into the predictions of Christ, you'll see that you can't even trust your own family members at times. As brother betrays brother and children betray the parents and parents betray the children and on and on and on it goes because Satan has messed up this world and sadly Christians are not immune to that there is victory over that but my point to you would be this you need to stay closer to Jesus closer to the old rugged cross you need to stay under the blood more now than you've ever done it in all of your life and this casual taking of Christianity needs to stop. 
And you need to understand the commitment that you need to make to Jesus Christ and to the will of God in these last days. This is not a playground. This is a battleground. This is not a free-for-all. This is a structured, organized kingdom called the kingdom of heaven. And there is protection for you in the blood of Jesus. But if you're out there doing your own thing and you've just taken some scriptures and pasted it all over your lifestyle, you're going to be sadly disappointed as we enter in to the days just ahead of us right now. We're even in it at this moment. We are in these days, folks. And so this can no longer be about me. My Christianity can no longer be about me. It can no longer be about my good life. We need to get back to Jesus and take the words of this book seriously and ask God every day to help us live by them and do the right thing in the time that we're living in. Many shall be offended and betray one another and hate one another. And again, he says, many false prophets shall rise. So right in the middle of this vulnerable time, when people are experiencing all these different emotions, twice, he says, people are going to come try to deceive you. They're going to try to say that God is all right with sin. And that you should just love people and never mention their sin because at the cross, Jesus paid for it all. Notice how they've got a little bit of truth in there. Jesus did pay for every sin and all sin at the cross, but He expects us to have repentance. And He expects us to follow Him rather than Him following us. Okay? So these are this is what's going on at the point of my dream. You've got this one over here that's hating his neighbor. You've got these people over here persecuting the church. You've got these false teacher guys that are coming on the scene and all different kinds of hairball doctrines and craziness that's coming out. Don't you dare think that that's the church. When you see these guys that are talking all this weird stuff, don't think that's the church. Jesus' church is a holy church. Jesus' church is an obedient church. Jesus' church is a separated church. We're separated from the world. We're in the world to shine the light of the gospel, but we are not of the world, acting, behaving, thinking, and doing like them. Don't ever get the two confused. You're going to need to develop great discernment in these days. And then it says, False prophets shall arise and deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, iniquity, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, what does that mean? That means a lot of things. Here's a, here's a point of discernment that I was taught when I first got saved, and I'm glad that I was. There's one interpretation of Scripture, and there are many applications of that interpretation. Here's basically what it means. Because iniquity is abounding both in and out of the church, many are going to see this. They're going to see how people are hating one another, betraying one another. They're going, to, they're going to be experiencing all these natural disaster signs that are coming on the planet. And they're going to get weary. And their love is going to wax cold. There are many people who are going to try to just go hole up in the mountains and ride it out, you know, in some, in some cases futuristically. 
that might be the thing to do. I, I don't know. I'm not criticizing them. I don't know. But they're, they're going to lose faith in humanity. They're going, to, they're going to lose hope that humanity will ever be civilized again in any shape of the imagination because of the cruelty and the fear and the panic that's going to very shortly be incited upon our world that we live in today, right before Jesus comes. So, I mean, if you're thinking, well, the rapture's going to come before it ever gets that bad. No, that's not true. These are signs before the rapture. These are the end days that you and I are living in right now. And the love of many will wax cold. They will give up. They will give up on God. They will give up on Jesus. They will give up on their fellow man. Truly, when Jesus said there will be a remnant that will exhibit faith when He comes on the earth, He meant what He said. There's, there's a lot of Christians, and there will be a lot of Christians who will be raptured, but in compared to the whole number of planet earth, the population of planet earth, it's a very small number. Jesus said few there be that find it. And we're going to see a lot of these uh, casual Christians are going to fall away. <coughs> Their love's going to grow cold. We're going to see a lot of uh, Christians who are in it for a better lifestyle, to have more money, or uh, whatever the case might be. The motive isn't what God's motive is. We're going to see them fall out in the days that we're living in right now. And so you can be ready for that. It doesn't have to be you. If there's a love in your heart for God right now, you can ask Him to keep you. And the Holy Spirit has promised to keep those who belong to Christ. So you can just rest assured that if you want to live for God, you can. The problem is, is that so many people are in the churches that they never even had the right idea about living for Jesus to begin with. And they're going to fall away, sadly. But notice what he says in the next verse, verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now that's written in King James, but here's what it says. Maybe in modern parlance we could say it this way. The ones who have endured all the way through this, they're the ones that were saved at the beginning. They're the ones that were saved to begin with is the one who endures because there's an endurance put in you by the Holy Spirit. And so the true child of God who has the proper motives, even though they see all of this going on, what's coming on the earth, they will endure to the end because it's just part of who they are as a born-again Christian. Amen? And so that's going to be you and me today. We're going to endure to the end. Now here is the one sign. You remember back in uh, verse 3 when the disciples asked, what is the sign of your coming? Here it is. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And that means there's just so much in there, we're not going to have time to cover it all. But let me tell you this. Even in the midst of the great falling away, the great apostasy, in the midst of the natural disasters and calamities coming on planet Earth, in the midst of societal breakdown where hate and violence will rule the hour, 
in the midst of all of that, God has a people who will be preaching His message. Not a syrupy, soft, self-help message that you hear in many pulpits today, but the true gospel will be preached. Even in the worst of times, even under persecution, the gospel will be preached for a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. The rapture of the church will take place, and shortly thereafter, again, we're not sure if it's right away or not, maybe a little bit of time, but then the, the world will be plunged into great tribulation such as never been before and will never be again. So back to my dream as I close this telecast. In this dream, I saw these Christians. I, I saw famine on the earth. I saw pestilence striking people down. I saw wars and rumors of wars. I heard the sound of the voices of deception that tried to steer people away from the blood-stained banner of the cross of Calvary and steer them to something else. I saw people who were not even born again trying to preach the gospel, uh, some weird gospel of inclusion and acceptance of everything even though it was abomination in the eyes of God. I saw that happening and I saw all of this happening. I didn't have like a dream where I just saw this one thing and then this one thing and then this one thing. It was all happening at the same time. And the Lord began to pour encouragement into me through that dream. It was a pretty horrible dream. But through the dream, He encouraged me to encourage you that we can make it. First of all, we've got to stay in, we've got to stay under the blood of Jesus. And we've got to stay together as God's people, as disciples, real disciples of the real Messiah, have to stay together in these last days. We have to help one another. We have to love one another. We have to love one another when the whole world is telling us to hate. We have to love and we have to walk out the, the roles that the Holy Spirit will give each of us in these days. And as we do that, even though it's this was bad, I'll be honest with you, this coronavirus was bad, but this is nothing compared to what lies ahead for planet Earth. And only those who endure to the end will be saved. And we can endure. We need the blood of Jesus, we need the Holy Spirit, and we need each other. So I want to encourage you, as soon as you can go back to church, go back to church. As, as soon as God gives you an opportunity to minister to someone, whether it's in word or in deed, helping people in any way, a bag of groceries, whatever the case might be, let's allow the Holy Spirit to strip our focus off of ourselves and put it on that bigger picture of eternity and minister to people right away. Don't let opportunities pass by anymore because there's coming an hour very, very shortly, I believe, where there will be no more opportunities and the Lord will return. And are you ready? Are you ready for the rapture? You say, well, preacher, I don't believe in the rapture. Well, then I doubt if you're ready for it. 
because you've got preachers <laughs> screaming from every corner in, in the globe, to be honest, talking about the rapture. There's got to be something to it, my friend. Are you ready? And from now until then, and we don't know where, when, then is, but from now until then, you're going to have to have a backbone as a Christian. You're not going to hide under the bed in the days that are coming on planet Earth. You're going to have to have a backbone as a Christian. You're going to need to stand up for your faith. You're going to need to tell the truth, even if it costs you, and costs you greatly so, in the days that we're living in. And so, when all of this begins to happen at once, I heard a message uh, Perry Stone was preaching on when prophecies collide. That's exactly it. All of these predictions are going to merge at a point. And then you're going to know Jesus is at the door. And we have got to make it to that point. There is no way. Man, do you realize many of you are this way too. I have given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the kingdom of God in my lifetime. There's no way that I want to have given all of that and lose out on my reward in eternity at the very end of the race. This is not the time to let fear dominate you. It's not the time to take offense at your neighbor or your family member or whoever that did something that you didn't like. This is a time to join hands, to lock arms, to stay in this book and under the blood, and to take the battle to the enemy at every chance we get. And I'm talking about the enemy, Satan, to stand up for love, to stand up for truth, to stand up for redemption in the final hours of human history as we know it. That's what time we're living in today. You ask, where are we in this thing? That's where we are in this thing right here. And we are getting ready. I can almost hear trumpets right now. And I believe that literally Jesus could come back before this program goes off the air. So we've got to be ready, my friends. Only God can get you ready. So I would invite you right now at the end of this little short teaching to turn your heart to Him and ask Him to clean your heart and cleanse your life of things that are displeasing to him. You know what they are. I, I, I'm not going to touch on any, anything like that. I, I came here to tell you about my dream. But you know, you know if you're doing things that God's not really pleased with. We've got to let him clean, clean us up and get that out of our life. And he wants to use us in a mighty way. The church will shine brightest the darker it gets in the world. This is not a time for you to hide and tremble in fear. This is a time for you to shine. This is a time for you to win souls. This is a time for you to share the truth with people who have been truth starved for a very long time. And so I pray that you will take this to heart today as you look at these first signs. The next set, verse 15 and on, is signs that are going to take place during the tribulation. This first section, signs that are leading up to the rapture. The next segment, signs that take place during the tribulation. You know, it's going to get so bad that the Lord said, unless the days were shortened, no flesh should be saved. 
You say, Preacher, why are you coming on here th this Wednesday night and scaring me? I mean, well, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. And I can't prepare you in and of itself. The Holy Spirit has to do that. But I'm making you aware. And you need to begin to pray about these things. If you call yourself a Christian, and if you belong to a church, or you say you love Jesus, then you need to pray about these things that are written in the prophecies. And ask God to help you to be the best Christian you can possibly be in these days. As we see a mighty harvest of souls, and we see all of these things begin to take place, and then, bam, the end will come. And God will save this planet, and He will save every one of His people on the planet in that hour. And so the powers of darkness, they, you, better, you might as well enjoy yourself right now. This is your hour. But God's hour is coming. And He's going he's to change things, partner. He's going to make things right once and for all. So from Thompsonville, Michigan, this is Evangelist Len Paxton saying, Go with God, and He will go with you. Bless you.